Hey, group chat. I know y'all see my text. There's tea to be spilled. Each week, we're bringing you our unfiltered take on culture, news, dating, and our lives as Black millennial women. We're coming to y'all with the honesty and eye rolls that only a text chain with your girls can. This is Black Girls Texting with Chelsea, Glenn, and Shade. Texting, you already know it's Shad Day. I'm joined by Beth Dybrat and Chels Pinky. We are trying out a new recording format, so let us know if you like it. Let us know how it sounds. Also, if you hear the fans blasting in the background, it's because New York City is hot like hell. And a bitch is trying to cool down. We don't have central air in here. I'm not rich like Chelsea. Um, <laughs> you're in a house. Uh, anywho, I'm going to kick it off on Red and Reply because we're going to keep it cute and brief um, as we jump into our episode with my Nigerian but not Nigerian brethren, Baratunde. <laughs> on Red or Reply. Um, I am going to kick it off with my reply. I'm replying to this. Look at this little poochie bag. Oh, oh cute. So my sister has owned this little poochie bag forever, and I've always been obsessed with it. And I was like, yo, what you doing with that bag? And she was like, I ain't doing shit with that bag. And I was like, bet. Send it to me. Why she wasn't doing nothing with that bag? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's she a cute really, little summer bag. She doesn't really use it. So I was like, lovely. I'll take it. Thanks so much. That's my reply. My red. My red. Not much to leave on red. Mm. Good. We love those weeks. We love those weeks. I I can't complain. Um, Me and Glenn was beefing yesterday. (laughs) Girl, I wasn't beefing with you. No, I'm kidding. I'm (laughs) kidding. You just beefing with yourself? I'm I'm, I'm dramatizing the situation. But no, there's really ain't shit going on. If y'all want to hear more juicy tea, maybe we'll talk about it on our Patreon. Glenn literally hates me. Okay, Glenn, you read a reply. We're on a time crunch. I don't have time for Shadi's long-winded ass. Glennie? Um, I'm going to reply to... Um, you made me think about it with this air. I finally got this motherfucking portable AC, bitch. This young Black and Decker is pumping. I feel like a new woman. Also, special shout-out to... Our weekend that we shared together, Sade, as she says, we were beefing. Sade and I had a staycation in the city, and mm. it was just mad fun. New York was popping over the 4th of July weekend. Shit was amazing. Um, we hosted a couple parties. Um, I told somebody that I loved them when I was drunk. You know, it was great. I'm not leaving anything on red, actually, either. I'm just tired, as per usual. My, I don't have a voice because I'm tired, but, you know, a bitch likes when she could give you a little rasp. So Okay. Uh, Chelsea, I, are you sipping on the that Washington wine? Yeah, it's my own. I didn't break out the. No, no, I'm just saying. Yet. I see you like sip, sip, sipping. Yeah. Um. Okay. So I'm replying to um. My friend had her bachelorette, so yet another bachelorette. Um. I went to Tulum over the weekend. It was super fun. Um. And I'm also replying because I did my first therapy session. It was great. <gasps> Um, and what am I leaving on red? This rain. It's been so rainy. I hate the rain. It's like annoying. It needs to stop. It needs to stop. And like, oh God, it was like downpouring when I was like outside today. It was ridiculous. But yeah. It's a vibe. I feel like I live in the tropics. No, girl. Even though they did say New York City was like, is like now classified as like a tropical climate or some shit. It is. It is. Yeah. I like it. We've been having a cute to me. How? We have winter though. You mean in the summertime? It's the summertime, yeah. Okay. So yeah, that makes- I'm going to do a quick hotline bling. Um, I got a very creepy DM. This person slid in my DMs and they said, ain't gonna lie, this is my first time seeing you. It's just something about the way your mouth is shaped that's sexy to me. My mm. bad for being random, LOL. What the fuck nice is that? Mouth. You got a nice mouth. You do. What that mouth do? A it's something about the way your mouth is shaped. It doesn't do much, which is why I got it, her. It doesn't gel. do much. I hate to break it to you. <laughs> I hate to break it to you. So uh, you're barking up the wrong tree, buddy. <laughs> and I'll leave that at that. My good sis, that's a black girl doing shit. Uh, 
do we have a black girl doing shit? We got a black man doing shit. And, and a black girl doing shit. Shout out to Allison Felix, friend of the show. She has her own sneaker line coming out. Coming yes. out. She also was on the cover of Time magazine. So shout out to her. Um, she's pretty freaking amazing. Yeah, she's the shit. She is. We do have a black man doing shit. Um, we were joined this week by Baratunde. Oh, what's his bio? Where is it? <laughs> oh, here it is. Here we go. All right. I wrote it down. Whether as a speaker, writer, or host, Baratunde Thursday, Thursday, Baratunde Thurston holds space for hard and complex conversations with his unique blend of humor, wisdom, and compassion. His 2012 New York Times bestseller taught us how to be black. Y'all should definitely read it. I am halfway through. His 2019 TED Talk now has over 4.7 million views, taught us how to deconstruct racism. He also is a fellow podcaster um, called How to Citizen, interpreting citizen as a verb, presenting ways for people to show up for each other. He's an activist, Emmy-nominated, and former executive at The Daily Show and The Onion. Super mm. excited for you all to hear this episode. Baratunde really kikied with your girls, and I think you're going to enjoy it. All right, y'all. It's time for the group chat. Baratunde, welcome to the group chat. Thank you for having me. Thanks for letting me into the group chat. I feel like a very special privilege. I must have gone through, I don't know how many background checks to get into your chat. So I appreciate uh, my position here. It feels unique. It's a sacred space, so we are going to vet you with a little game. Okay. But first off, the girls have been asking. I know the answer because I did my research. But they were like, Baratunde, is he Yoruba? Or are you just like my parents who named me Shade? Oshiremi Shade, last name white man Parham that has nothing to do with Nigeria. <laughs> <laughs> and my mom's just like pro blackity black. Yes. So okay. Which one is it? We had the same mom. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not Yoruba. I'm not Niger. I... Uh... I've learned these terms. I've learned some history from a nation I'm not really a part of. My name uh, is technically, according to the Yoruba people, Baba Tunde. Um, but the book oh. that my folks read said you could totally switch that up and make it better Tunde and nobody's going to mind. Definitely. <laughs> Nigerians in the future will not call you out on every YouTube video. That's not going to happen to a child. Wow. Wait, are people calling you out though? It was there was a there was a phase of callouts. It's actually died down. Uh, but there was a period I'd say like seven ish years ago where every YouTube I put up it must it must have been when Nigeria like got YouTube, uh, <laughs> and then they found the Baratunde and they're like this is this is like us. This is not us. What is what is going on here? Who are you? <laughs> Who sent you? <laughs> right? I had a lot of people telling me I don't exist uh, for a brief window. Mm. Anytime there's a Tunde, I'm like Yoruba. Yeah. Like immediately. Yeah. Uh, I feel the pains and the struggles. I did do my ancestry though. So I am Nigerian. Me too. To ancestry.com. I have enough to wear the name, I think. So I'm going to rock out with it. So before we get into what we call the group chat, which is our segment where we grill you with lots of questions, we'll make sure that we have some lighthearted fun. Oh, soften me up first. Nice. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So we wanted to welcome you with a quick fire game. And this is to get a sense of, you know, what kind of texter are you? What kind of group chat person are you? Do you have a group chat? I have several group chats. I am well versed in the group chat game. Several. What are the ca group chat categories? Yes. Well, I've got family chat uh, on iMessage, then family minus the one Android member. <laughs> it's yes. it's literally like family minus, you know, I'm not even going to say the family member's name. I don't want to put that <laughs> Family minus Bob, let's call it. <laughs> and because Bob's Android phone breaks the iMessage chat and all the videos get like tiny, through, yep. like, like 1997. We're familiar. Uh, so, so we have two group chats for one family, one with segregation, one without. <laughs> and, uh, and then I got some signal chats. Uh, oh. College, you know, the, everything that was WhatsApp basically migrated to signal. Everybody was like, yeah, we're not really feeling this Zuckerberg anymore and the surveillance uh, capitalism. So we, we locked that down. Uh, and then I have like a homies chat. I, is, I have a Amazon addicts chat, people trying to do good and not spend so much money on Amazon. <laughs> Oh, wait, you like check in with each other there when you're feeling tempted? Like, yeah, I want to make this purchase. It's it's a support group. It's like support Amazon group. Anonymous. Oh my goodness, yeah. I need that. I buy something on Amazon every that. day. Yeah, so 
That's one of the more practical ones. And people basically, when they find something that's not on Amazon, get very excited. And they're like, oh, I found a place to get like food for my dog that doesn't enrich Jeff Bezos. So that's right. I was going to say, if you don't bangs with Zuck, how you doing the Bezos? All yeah, right. Yeah, so it's, it's a lot um, of going. Yeah, my life feels like a group chat when I think about it now. There's, it gets a little confusing. Um, and I think my one issue with the group chats is that I have one chat where one party insists on dropping voice memos instead of text. Oh, no. I got into voice memos recently. They're, they're efficient. Quick Chelsea, you were chat. a voice memo at texture. one point. You were <laughs> sending... no, I was not. Yes, I you sent... were. No, I do not send voice memos. I send you all voice memos when we're like, we just hop off the FaceTime. But like people sending voice memos in the middle of the day when I'm like, in the office yeah. where am i listening to this yeah movie? that's what i'm talking about that presumption of so you think i'm gonna get the headphones just right in the right. middle of right <laughs> meeting, like i can scan the message and pretend i'm paying attention to someone else i can't straight up stop listening to them so i can listen to you that's a phone call now you just made exactly a essentially <laughs> So it is one brother who he has he 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 likes doing it and I've made it known that I find it challenging. <laughs> what a nice way to put that. Right. But also what a word. metaphor that your life feels like a group chat. <laughs> well yeah, you get to I mean it's a it's a little place to practice democracy. Because you, know? <laughs> you get like, oh okay, so you like to do that. I don't I like when you don't do that. How are we gonna how are we gonna work this out? Right. I'm not gonna like not be your friend. I'm in a relationship with you, you're a homie, and I'm gonna need you to like moderate your behavior a bit. <laughs> and maybe I can work on not getting so uptight about it, you know, and just wait and listen to it later. That's so oh, beautiful. Trying, trying, but sometimes I also just get petty. And because uh, <laughs> I'm a person. All right, most used emoji? Oh, um, probably the winky. Winky. The winky. Why are you sending the winky? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Was that your most used? I, I send the winky a lot. It's like a little subtle, playful signal. I send it to my wife a lot. Okay. Uh, yes, yeah, it's this the winky. I don't. I I can't explain why I use the winky that much, but I I think it's honest to say it's the one. Actually, hold up. I'm gonna open my text messages Go right you now. Can find, right. You can yeah. find this out. Right. This data, and when I try to respond, it real says data and real time. Oh, thumbs up. Black thumbs up. Oh, the black. Oh. I like that. Yeah. Okay, you Do you have an opinion on? White people using the black thumbs up. Oh, yeah. Well, that that feels weird. <laughs> yeah, see, because it's your thumb, so that's like blackface for thumbs. That's black thumb. Digital blackface. Digital blackface. It's thumb minstrelsy or something. Exactly. <laughs> it's thumbstrelsy, and I don't, I don't think I support that. It happened once, and I, it didn't feel right. Yeah. And then I felt I was confused because I was like, I thought I was texting with insert white person, and. When you see the thumb, then I was like, are you who I think you are? Let me check the name. Did it cross-reference sometimes? You know, your contact sync gets corrupted. <laughs> you upgrade your operating system and it does a bad sync. So, no, it was just a person, I guess, trying to be a, trying to be an ally. Uh, <laughs> that is not the best way to show your allyship. My last question, and this is going to really determine if you're officially in the group chat. Okay. Got any juicy gossip in your chats? Juicy mm. gossip in my chats. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, well, <laughs> I get a lot of fake chats from Democratic politicians trying to inside <laughs> my wallet. Uh, and okay. they off every once in a while. But that's not juicy gossip. Do I have juicy gossip in my chats? Uh, I might be disappointing y'all on this We one. spill tea here. I mean, what's are you guys talking about the family member that's not in the family group chat? <laughs> Only in the title of the chat. Like I think it's it's, it's not shady called, title. It's not called like iMessage chat. It's called family without family. Bob. Like that's the name <laughs> of the chat. We'll take it. That's, uh, that's some tea. Okay, great. There's there's a there's enough tea there. Um, <laughs> also, we what does happen in a family chat uh, is when the kids in the family we have our own chat separate from the parents. And so sometimes the kids will share observations on the parents, you know, who are not present. Mm. partake in these observations and there may be a time or two where these observations could be construed as unkind <laughs> <laughs> all right that's definitely juicy gossip and also i love yeah. observations yeah. you're such a wordsmith <laughs> that's my job <laughs> this is true yeah. i watched your ted talk we'll we'll get into that but Jumping into the group chat, my mom is actually a huge fan of your book, so I'm going to shout her out, um, How to Be Black. 
I started reading it at her house, but then she didn't let me take it. And <laughs> so I haven't finished it. But the initial read was amazing. Um, I do just need to be an adult and get my own copy. But I immediately picked up on, you know, a lot of the themes around these complexities of being Black. Mm. Um, and we talk a lot about, like, how you define Blackness. Uh, even thinking about your name and you having a Nigerian name, but being... Would you define Black yourself American. as African-American, Black American? I call myself Black. Black. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't really do the African-American thing anymore. It's a lot of sounds and <laughs> advanced like hyphenation involved. Very much. Yeah. So it's not a space age. Mouthful. Yeah. yeah. And a tweetful. You know, it, <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't roll off the caption line too soon. Right. So yeah, black, and I do consider myself American, uh, but I don't usually say I'm a black American. I just say I'm black, y'all. I'm black. Interesting. Yeah. Blackity black and black. You familiar with Eidos? <laughs> I am. I am. Ooh. Yeah, uh, African descendants of slavery. Mm-hmm. I, I am familiar with Eidos, and it's been it's been coming up more recently. Yes. In in my feeds, in my life. Do you have thoughts on Eidos? Is it African descendants or is it American descendants? American descend- descendants of slaves. Yeah, I do that yes. a slavery, lot sometimes. Slavery. Slavery. Mm-hmm. slavery. Enslaved people. God damn it. <laughs> you kick yourself out the club. Respect your ancestors. <laughs> Not slaves. They were yeah. enslaved. Yes. Yes. Victims of the verb. We talk a lot about Eidos in this chat. Mm. Um, you know, I think it's a beautiful movement. I will gladly take my reparations. Correct. Sign me up. Tell me where to go. Do I got to go down the street? Little box, whatever I got to fill out. I'm we here should have, for it. We should find us. We shouldn't have to go pick it up. That's more labor. Like, well, here's the thing. True. should literally just arrive. Direct you deposit. You have to trace back your enslaved person per the Eidos rhetoric. Oh. But how? Okay. Yeah, so for Someone instance, I would not get reparations because I have no American ancestors. Where are your people from, Chelsea? Trinidad and Venezuela. Oh, down south. That's the real south. Yeah, <laughs> I like that, yeah. You're literally South American. Like, that's the, you're still American. You're from the south. I don't know. I think it counts, y'all. <laughs> I mean, I think so, too. But according to Eidos, it wouldn't count. You're trying yeah. to get our coin there to be chill. Like a, and I, 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 I get wait, it. Wait, wait, wait. They, I get they it. I don't. Get I don't reparations need... too. In yes. Way. From like England. From who? And yeah, from England. Spain. Exactly. France. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's, I'm here I for mean, that. there's there's definitely there was enough slavery that every brown person in this hemisphere uh, should get paid. Absolutely. Agreed. There's, there's there's banks of Spain. There's banks of England. There's the Bank of Portugal. I feel like the Germans could pony up. The Dutch for sure could get. Some of this money in our hands with their whole shipping concerns. So there's a accounting on both sides of the Atlantic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You think we'll ever really see the day when we get reparations? Mm. Oh, yes, I do. Think? I do. Like money? <laughs> it's like a trick. Because, you know, reparations is like it can come in all different ways. It things. can come right. in different ways. Yeah. And I like, I don't my- need a mule. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I came across the Eidos thing in a very aggressive manner, where somebody was like, was it on Clubhouse?" Band, right? Was that Clubhouse? No, it was pre Clubhouse. It was pre Clubhouse. Oh. It was just regular pre Clubhouse internet. Um, <laughs> it was maybe Instagram Live. It might have come up, mm. and they were just like they were telling me what I needed to think about who was black and who was not, mm. and it, it came up in like the Kamala's not black. Like there are some shady elements i think within the group of ados proponents where some of them are more interested in just excluding and playing gatekeeper than in sort of fixing stuff um and then there is i think a very real distinction and discernment of okay but we have like people who are the descendants of the folks who were victimized by this system in this country and we should acknowledge that there is a difference mm-hmm. uh, so i i acknowledge that um in terms of what we were getting on after the ados Oh, reparations. Yeah, I think we'll get it because it's a pretty ironclad case. Mm-hmm. And I think folks are increased. Like the fact that we are, that the president of the United States, Joe Biden, said in an address to the joint session of Congress, the term white supremacy, that was something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he took himself to Tulsa to recognize this massacre 100 years later. That was something. And I think you can't acknowledge the things that have been done 
mm-hmm. and not acknowledge the effect that those actions have had. And a lot of people in America try to separate the history from the present. Oh, I didn't, I didn't own slaves. That was a long time ago. Why are you bringing up old stuff? And those people also put money in bank accounts where compound interest happens. So clearly they believe that history can affect the present. So when you start to account, literally account for where we are, how come black people don't have more money? Maybe because you legally prevented us from getting it. (laughs) Maybe because we couldn't own a house and have that asset appreciate. Maybe because when we did have a house, you burnt the shit out of it over and over again. Mm -hmm. And then scared us off of the land that we learned to till to places we don't even belong because it's too damn cold. <laughs> so it's, 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 um, it's no, none, no one alive today was enslaved under a system organized by the U.S. government. But so many of the consequences that we're living with today are because of that system. And so much wealth that this country has generated today yes. is because of that system. So you, you know, if you want to celebrate America and how great it is and how big and bad we are, then that celebration has to come with an acknowledgement of of who built it uh, and then who helped make that happen. And that's us. So yeah, invoices are due. And I think we'll get to a place where it's in some form, this is where I'm gonna get fuzzy. I don't know that they're just gonna hit my crypto wallet with some, right. Crypto, right? <laughs> that's my preferred, I'm just gonna speak my truth you know, into the world. Manifest. I like my reparations in Ethereum. <laughs> Actually, 60% Ethereum, 40% Bitcoin. Got a hedge. But <laughs> I, I can also imagine a world where we just get more programming. There's free education. Like there mm-hmm. are loan terms are distinguished in the same way that they are for rich white people today. Right. Like they get better loan terms. Because of the inherited privileges that they have. Yeah. So it's, it's not it's not unprecedented. We do it every day. I also don't think black people should have to pay taxes for at least 400 years. Ooh. I like that. That's, that would, that's that really would help good. catch us up. Oh. At least one, that could be one thing. Yeah. I like that. Because I feel like as soon as you make a little bit of money, they take it all away from you. And right. these rich white people aren't paying shit. Right. It's wild. Again, it's a precedent for this. Basically, you want the Jeff Bezos reparations plan. Yeah. <laughs> Give me that. I know for that one. Right? And I need the student loan forgiveness because I definitely I have been deferring. Defer. Defer. <laughs> That's an assessment. on the dream deferred. Yeah, a loan deferred. <laughs> <laughs> Call up Langston. We got to rewrite. <laughs> Yo. Glenn That's would great. actually be the, the true writer for that. Like, I'm, I'm sitting on a couple that. thousand. Do it, Glenn. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> I got some loans. I got some loans. But how pissed would you be if you, like, paid off your loans and then they were like, student loan forgiveness? That's why I'm not paying them yet. <laughs> allegedly. 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 <laughs> yeah, allegedly. <laughs> Uncle Sam gonna come for you. Wait, let's see what? I had to pay for college and I paid through loans and then the university changed up their policy after I graduated and were like debt-free programs for students. No one has to take out debt, need blind admissions, more grants, more grants. And I was like, can we make that retroactive? Because that's a huge opportunity cost. That could have been a house. Big fact. Truly. (laughs) In Brooklyn. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. So I listened to your TED talk and as I learned you're quite the wordsmith but what i really liked about your ted talk this is your ted talk how to deconstruct racism um i particularly loved where you talked about your experience at the friend school i actually also went to a friend school and we all went to pwis for high school glenn went to hbc for college just so you know we could put some respect on her name Mm -hmm. blah 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 But you said something along the lines of like you going to that school prepped you for white institutions of the future. But do you think that as black folks, we should maybe have more HBCU-esque all black institutions through our youth to kind of like get us through those crazy times of growing up being the one black person in the classroom? In some way, yes. Uh, I I think to to survive and thrive in this society, I think we need a grounding in our own communities to practice and provide self-love because Mm -hmm. the country kind of hates us and they show it in so many ways. And if that's all you know is this confrontation and this dehumanization, it takes a heavy toll. Um, And I I had that grounding growing up because we had the same mom, Shade. Uh, (laughs) So I grew up in a Black neighborhood. I grew Mm -hmm. up surrounded by Black people. I grew up in a 
black public school through sixth grade and in black cultural institutions, um, you know, Afrocentric black cultural institutions, mm-hmm. not the black church. But I had a lot of reflections of me around me showing me what I could be and mm-hmm. showing me that it was okay to be me and that I wasn't just an exception. Mm-hmm. Then when I got to Sidwell, uh, there was a, a, an adjustment, of course, but I, at some deep level, I knew I was okay. And some of the doubts that can come from being exposed to that environment, they only went so deep. And then by the time I got to Harvard, like I was fortified because like I had the Black Foundation, I had the Sidwell Boot Camp, so you couldn't really tell me who I could be at that stage. Um, but I, I think both. It certainly was a good mix for me, so I'm heavily biased. But I think uh, that's the long answer. The short answer is yes. Uh, I think our our kids should be wrapped in a level of communal self-love as a uh, sort of inoculation against the the virus that American racism can be to us. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a bar. That's a I, bar. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. So would you send your kids to a, a Sidwell Friends? Ah, I would consider it. I There's a lot in that. You know, I went to public and private school. Things are so different today. Uh, costs are so different today. Yeah. And part of me wants to offer my child, and I don't have any kids, but in this hypothetical world where I do, or the future world where I do, I want that child to have opportunities I had. You know, you don't want to make things less than or different, too different from. I I want them to, I think what I really want is to be attuned to my kid enough to feel what they actually need versus Mm -hmm. what I think they should have. And I think that's really hard. (laughs) I think I've known enough parents. I have been parented sometimes well, sometimes not. And so for me to say today, yeah, I think I'll send my kid to Sidwell. Maybe that's not right for that child. Mm-hmm. At all. And so what I hope is I have the patience and the uh, enough listening skills to actually put them first as opposed to like, well, I went there, so you should too. Because mm-hmm. I have seen that wreck kids uh, as well. The parents just trying to make mini-me's out of mm. their kids. And that's not what that kid needed. Um and then they take all your money, you know? <laughs> yeah. Tuition's what, like 50K a year at these schools now? It's yeah. ridiculous. It's a lot. Starting at like pre-K. Pre-K. A great privilege, you know, but it's also like, it shouldn't be necessary. Um, mm-hmm. Like the stuff I got at Sidwell, the stuff I got at Harvard, that should be the basics. I mean, maybe not field hockey. Like, I don't think everybody needs <laughs> field hockey, but quality labs you know, teacher-student ratios that are manageable, updated books, right? parent involvement, like no lead in the water. Mm-hmm. Basics should be available to everybody so that when we do pay taxes, we see that they're going to something that we are proud to invest in uh, as opposed to like paying taxes and then paying into this whole other system. Mm-hmm. It, it's, and my wife, she's only done public schooling, even through her grad school. And she's like, oh, you're Mr. Fancy Harvard. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. I'm on that side now. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a hot seat question, hot but seat. I want this to feel very comfortable. We're brethren and sistren. <laughs> sistren and brethren. You spoke during your TED Talk on interracial dating. Yeah. Do you get any heat on writing about Blackness or the Black experience and being in an interracial relationship? I sometimes do. Okay. Uh, and it is, I get less hate in general than I would expect given how loudly I talk yeah. about anything. That was kind of my question. No, like <laughs> from from white people on race stuff, from Android people on smartphone stuff. <laughs> I expect more incoming because <laughs> I'm not really shy with my opinions and I don't really hide who and how I am. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why that is uh, that I get so little, but I do get some. And it never feels great. Um, and what I get is some version of, you say you love Black people, how come you don't love an actual Black person? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and how, you know, or uh, like sleeping with the enemy, you know, something even more pointed. Yeah. And it's a, uh, it's frustrating. It hurts. It's sad. Superficially, I get it, right? It's very simple math to do, but it denies a humanness uh, that says like every choice we make is not a performance choice or an optimization of some like racial algorithm. I think, you know, I met my wife through socialization, right? I met her in the spaces I was in. I didn't go out of my way. Like I need to find me a white woman. That's the difference. That's the difference. And and there are people who don't, either they don't believe that or they don't Mm. care, um, or it still sits 
wrong with them. And I used to be stridently anti-interracial relationships, you know, so I- really? No uh, way. Absolutely, absolutely. That, that little Sidwell kid did not think it was right for a black person to date a white person. That was- That's that interesting was, that it was during Sidwell because I remember, because I went to boarding school, the Hill School, shout out to them. Actually, not really. I'm like, really? Uh, <laughs> You can't bet no backsies on shout outs. <laughs> no, shout outs to the black women there that held us down. We did a really dope moment with them. So yes, we'll, yeah, shout we'll out to give them. it back. Yeah. Um, but I remember being like a black girl at this very white school to give you a, a picture of it. Like Donald Trump sent his sons there mm. and um, none of the black guys liked us. Mm. And apparently that's like still an issue because we had this talk with the, um, with the girls there and it was really sad because they were like, yeah, no, no guys asked us to prom. We're yeah. not dating anyone. Da, da, da. So I always felt like for black males, it was different. Mm. And for black females in these like white institutions. Mm. It, it is. And I think that like, I'm 43. So this phenomenon has existed even before me. And I've mm -hmm. read about it, these things, these books. Um, but, you know, as I've interacted with kids in school today through Zoomy things and talks and whatnot, I think what you have just shared is true. And I, I know it's different for men and for boys. Society makes it different for us. When I showed up, I was coming out of straight up, like all black everything. The idea of like dating a white person, it just didn't even cross my mind. Like mm -hmm. I didn't, it was like almost like they were invisible. And I was trying to date nothing but black girls. <laughs> They weren't trying to date me, right? That was the issue for me. And I don't, nothing to do with me being black. I don't think it had to do with the fact that I wore goggles for glasses. I was gonna say, I bet uh, they thought you were corny. Yeah. Sorry. I'm so sorry. But that's just like how it, how it goes. It's how it happens. Okay, yeah, I was not. And like, now they're I, like, mm. Right. You know, the moms loved me. The moms were always like, I don't like that's her. husband material. I can see it. Yeah. Like, if your mom is telling you to date a boy, like, you are definitely not dating that boy. You better go get that bare Tuesday, boy. <laughs> going somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> so, for me, a couple of things happened where I just, awkward adolescent me, I wasn't dating anyone. I was trying to date, but I didn't actually date anyone until college and, like, pretty mm. late college. So, I'm, like, classic late bloomer story. Um, I'm socialized much more broadly, so I'm open to a whole bunch of people I'd literally closed myself off to. And my wife, we met just like seven years ago. So I'm 36 years old, you know, from doing the math right. So I know everything, who I am, I'm all kinds of circles. And we connected and we clicked. And I was comfortable enough with myself not to be like, well, like I can't because 16 year old me thinks this is wrong. Mm -hmm. There is something that happens in our society where, you know, black boys and men get hyper celebrated, sexualized, pursued in a narrow way. Like we're good for punching things. We're good for dominating things. We're good for winning sports things. Mm -hmm. We're cool. Black girls are good for like telling it like it is and being <laughs> sassy, but not being girls. Like you're made women super fast. Yeah, We're made men super fast, but no one ever like, treats us like the kids we are. And it plays out really differently. And I think there's fetishization that happens Certainly acculturation, like I can't deny that the image of beauty that I've been hit with millions of times over my life has probably had some effect. <laughs> I'm not in a vacuum. And academically, I know that. I don't think that's why I chose my wife, mm -hmm. but I don't think I can fully separate it either, right? Because I'm just a person in the world subject oh. to the influences of the world. And it doesn't take away my love for her or her for me. Um, yeah. But it's a, it's a factor. Just like the history of ripping black families apart is a factor. How come you can't keep your, your kids? Maybe because the government took our kids from day one. Yeah. And that affects culture. Like it's not, it's not this either or thing. It's all, it's a mess. It is a, it's a hot mess and a hot seat of a question. I'm glad you brought it up. Um, and I feel very safe with you. Thank you. I'm glad that you were so you open did. to it. I mean, listen, you had three black women on here. You knew yeah. somebody was going to be like, oh, so what's <laughs> up? And we talk about this a lot. We actually had a conversation about the, the other day, especially as, you know, we look at black women ascending financially mm -hmm. yeah. and 
we talk about, you know, looking for a partner, someone equal to you who may be making what you're making, unfortunately, because of systemic racism, oppression, all the things X, X, Y, Z go down the alphabet. It is harder to find a partner who may be black. And so we have different schools of thoughts on this. Say, say your piece. I mean, I think just because I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to say I went to white schools. Right. So I dated white guys for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, but like whoever I am now, who knows everyone grows, whoever I am, I am now like really loves black love. Right. Yes. And so I know that like black women are making more money and more money, but I don't think that that's a reason then to not date black guys. I think then maybe you can date a guy who makes a little less and you guys build together. Yeah. It just, it just changes the pool. It doesn't change like, oh, well now I can't. It's just, if you have certain things that you're looking for, unfortunately, societally, those things change. And yes, you have to make the adjustment. Yeah, there's this thing on Clubhouse right now. Clubhouse is a cesspool. She is the Clubhouse mayor. No, I haven't been on there actually in like a week. Oh, really? But yeah. Oh, wow. A week. (laughs) Um, There's this thing now and it's it's on Twitter too. It's like divesting. And it's these like black women and they're like, we are going to divest from black, black men. Black men, I've heard about because this. Because if you want to be, they basically they had a room and it was like, if you want to be broke, marry a black man. Oh, and wait, I, and no. That's so disgusting. No, 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 no. That's not okay. That's not okay. That's, that's crazy. Okay. okay, but it's kind of like the things that we have said on this, people have said, which is like, I'm making all this money now and like, I want a guy that's making the same or more. Mm-hmm. And we know because of systematic oppression, that mm. pool is very tiny. I think there's also this idea that a lot of Black women don't feel valued or supported by Black men. So yeah. that's when I've seen that divest thing happen. It's like, mm. why are we continuously like caping for Black men when we see time and time again that they like disrespect us? Mm, I've um, seen that too. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. It, it is. is unfortunate. There's, there's definitely enough ugly to go around in terms of <laughs> behavior and, uh, and disrespect. Mm-hmm. And it's really sad because... Whether we like, we're very limited. We have very limited resources, and we need each other. We need to have each other's backs. Um, and I'm when I hear this, you know, I see some of these rooms on Clubhouse, and I'm never sure what's a real thing. Just like Twitter trending topics, I'm like, okay, but how many people is this representing mm-hmm. or is this in the feed? Because it hit an algorithmic velocity, and now <laughs> they. Like, is this a thing or not? At any rate, I think it's sad. (laughs) I have no answers. Um, But I would hope that we can find a level of mutual love and respect because we needed each other to get here, (laughs) to survive, to get to this point. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have, I take no pleasure in seeing brothers, dog and women and talking all kinds of nonsense or vice versa. Um, And I wonder who benefits from that. What is Mm. is that actually serving? Um, It's the agenda. Yeah, it's just... It's safe. We gotta get on our. Man, don't be a hotep now. <laughs> so we get our hotep time. It's the agenda. Hey, listen, Bad Tunde posed the question. <laughs> Benefited. I mean, he set it up. Now no, I'm. I mean, yeah. You're right. We need to work together. So that's true. Yeah. Mm. One other question on this topic: When you were in the the PWIs which we just called white schools back in my day. Yes, yes. <laughs> we love a term. So many acronyms. Oh. I love an acronym. <laughs> Was there ever an issue of the Black population being so small that you kind of felt more like family? Mm, so you wouldn't date each other, you mean? Right. Mm, I don't think that's what it was. No. no. <laughs> I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, I right. don't think that's what it was. I think... I mean, in college, no, I don't want to say all these stereotypes. No, I don't think that's what it was. Yeah. But, you know, when you asked that question, I started to think about my high school and I realized that there was, that the Black population just shrunk and shrunk and shrunk over the four years that I was there. And by my senior year, like more than half of my Black friends were no longer at my school. Like, where'd they go? It was, they transferred out. It was just like not. I'm like city as. 
probably all over the place, back to schools in Brooklyn. Like it just, I, I felt like so uncomfortable in my school for like the first two years I was there. I just felt like very isolated. I started to feel intimidated by all these white kids around me. Lord knows why. Like I went to an extremely competitive high school and I got in just like everybody else, but I just assumed that they were better, smarter than me, all of that. And I think a lot of us internalized that. Um, I used to cut school like crazy because I just didn't want to even be there, you know? What school was it? It's called Beacon High School. It's on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I traveled. I have to travel up there. And I've talked about this on the show before. Like, I remember when the principal at my school told me, I, I I was messing around a little bit cutting school as I said and she was like we could send you back to your zone school in a, in a minute just like you know like making threats like that just say the word to a child right back sending there. your black ass back to bed exactly <laughs> fall in line right you're here just by the skin of your teeth is basically what they're telling me yeah college I went to Howard and then I did my master's at the new school dang all right chocolate city thank you for gracing DC Please. yes Yes, we love DC. Um, but you know, actually, I have a question. Um, I don't know how public this is. I saw this on the Hollywood Reporter that you have a show coming out on PBS. Well, it's in the Hollywood Reporter. It's very public. It's public, I guess. Right? <laughs> yeah, I was like, but, what? I mean, in the, in the parentheses, <laughs> it's it was not like, someone's diary. Glenn. But it said like exclusive. So I was like, <laughs> like what is going? On? <laughs> but I, I read that you have a show coming out on PBS about nature. Yes. Yes. And I'm so curious about, I'm working on a story actually um, for this anthology about Black folks' relationship to nature. When I got the assignment, I was like, what am I going to write about? Like, what is my relationship to nature? I don't know. It's like the lack thereof. So curious about your relationship to nature and kind of what you think about Black people's relationship to nature historically has been. You're going to love this show. Uh, It's called America Outdoors. It'll air in the spring of 2022. So a little, little under a year. And I'm the host of the show, six episodes, six different places around the country. And in each episode, we hang out with people who have a strong connection to the outdoors uh, for leisure or for work. And it's, I've taped two episodes so far. Um, I'm literally sore right now from the stuff <laughs> that they have me doing. I was kayaking this week. I don't use those muscles very often. Not Ooh. a big time kayaker. <laughs> are feeling it. Um, Black people in the outdoors. I grew up first uh, myself. I grew up in the 80s in D.C., close to a lot of parks, Rock Creek Park, uh, close to national parks. My mom would get us off the block, out the house, out the hood and into nature. So I grew up camping, bike riding, hiking, going on boats. Like my mom was about putting us out into the world. And I was a part of this Black Boy Scout troop. You know, it was like mm-hmm. an Afrocentric Boy Scout troop. A very, a little militant. A little, the, people, if that existed today, there'd be investigations. <laughs> like Black Panther Boy Scout. Right. Too much already. The point is, <laughs> fire, you know, like, and that's, that's what matters. That's what matters. Um, so I grew up with a really healthy, uh, exciting relationship with nature and the outdoors. And then I kind of pulled away from it as I became more independent and grew up and had to pay my own rents and live in cities and do the things I was doing. I just got more computerized. And the show came along and gave me a really great excuse to reconnect. When it comes to black folk, I think it's a beautiful, complicated relationship. We are in some ways the ultimate outdoorsy people. Like America just had us sleeping outside from get. Right. Underground railroad ain't nothing but an ultra marathon and a very long hike, you know, mm-hmm. like trekking. And we know how to make a way out of no way. Like our whole thing is like, we can do this. And I think for anyone who is escaping the institution of slavery, like navigating by stars, knowing how to build a shelter, keeping a low profile, feeding yourself, mm-hmm. you know, on the move, that stuff people pay money to do today, mm-hmm. right? So in part, maybe some of us like, I don't do that. Like, that's the stuff we ran. I like walls. Put me in comfort. Yeah, you have our history with with pools and swimming and not being able to have access to them. And so why you can't swim? It's not just like fear of hair or something. Mm. It's, it's cultural stuff. There's trauma and pain associated with that. And the outdoors is very segregated. And wherever 
there's like a story of black people in America, there's racism. It's just, you can always just say racism as that's part of the, you're partially right as to why something in America, just racism. And so, you know, we created these national parks on indigenous land, didn't ask their permission, right? (laughs) Said it was uninhabited, uh, uninhabited, and we didn't let black folks in for a very long time. So with, I'm finding stories in this show of Black people reclaiming their connection to the outdoors, bringing flavor and Blackness to spaces where the prevailing outdoor culture doesn't make any room for it. Mm-hmm. I got to surf with so many Black people last week. Like, I never <laughs> seen so many Negroes in the ocean. <sighs> On I would love to see this. It's beautiful. So I'm already spoiling the show a little bit. I'm not supposed to, I wasn't supposed to tell you that. But it's great because we're family. I'll let you in. And I've, I've worked. There's just there's a lot we have as a people uh, a claim on this land like anybody else. And I think from a healing perspective, there's nothing like a connection with water, with earth, with air to kind of recenter ourselves and ground ourselves. And given all the stuff we're constantly navigating we need it. Like reparations should come with money and massages <laughs> and a national park pass. You know? Yeah. Yeah. be credits to get out of whatever we're in. And Ethereum. Okay. We have a list. We created a quite a nice package. We have a demand. You also just wrote Glenn's piece. So I'm. No, I was like, yes, yes. Following the North Star. That's going in the story. Thank you. Glenn, I'm going to be pressing send on my my weekly email newsletter. This is probably, you need to cut this, but I do a newsletter, newsletter.baratunde.com. And in this week's episode, I have a story that's in the Washington Post about Black people rock climbing and racism and reclaiming the space and some of the themes that I was sharing with you, I picked up from that article. So um, if you look for rock climbing, black Washington Post, like you'll find it. <laughs> you'll find it. We'll keep it off the record just that for may you. Help you. You'll put your thing together. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. They were also talking about this in that Netflix show. What is it? It's High on the Hog. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, it's a, we have it in the queue. Haven't watched it yet, but. Oh, it's good. Um, but there was an episode about the Carolinas and how they've made so much money, like so much wealth has been created uh, based off of rice and how like the Africans, like they thought it was land that was like useless and the Africans came and like made the, like made that, like figured out how to work the land. And now people are still getting paid off of Carolina rice. So the thing is, it's not really reparations. It's late payment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Layaway. Owed. It's 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 delayed invoicing, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. yeah. it's uh, you know, and there's got to be some some interest on top of that, because um, it's literally denying people compensation for labor on top of the pain and suffering and opportunity cost and education and all that kind of stuff. So, always comes back to reparation. <laughs> always comes back to reparation. That could be the name of the episode. My last question, and we'll let you go, is you are also a fellow podcaster. So I don't know if you want to shout out your podcast, give folks a little taste on what you talk about. And yeah, let us Thank let us for, in. Thank you for that. My podcast is called How to Citizen with Baratunde. And it is fucking good. <laughs> like, it is a good podcast. I am very proud of this show and what this team has done. Uh, We are making this word citizen into a verb. We are helping all of us claim our power in this democracy. And by doing that, preserving and extending that democracy so it covers everybody. And in the second season, which is the one that's up now, we're talking about money and the economy and how the way we do the economy makes it hard for anybody to show up and participate in democracy. And that's by design, but it doesn't have to be that way. And there's so many folks we're shining a light on. The majority of our feature guests are women and people of color. And we didn't even explicitly design it that way. That's just who's doing the damn work. Mm-hmm. It's so good. So I'm I'm really thrilled. Thank you for the opportunity. People can check out howtocitizen.com. Find How to Citizen in your podcast app of choice. We love I to see it. Is I, any... I have a question. Go ahead, Chelsea. 
just really quick. If an alien came to Earth what? and was literally like, so, Baratunde, how to be Black? And you have to answer them in one sentence. What would you say? My dear alien, <laughs> whatever you see Black people doing, that's how to be Black. <gasps> that was like so poetic. Hey? Get it. I love that. That's wow, that's a great answer. Listen, my mom's gonna be so excited when I tell her what a gem you are. She's like, "You're talking to Baratune Day? Oh my gosh!" Tell him I said hi. I was like, "Okay, yeah." <laughs> but I'm gonna be like, "He's such a gem!" Um, wow, still killing it with the moms. <laughs> still killing it with the moms. <laughs> Oh my well, thank gosh. You, Blanche, uh, Dave, Chelsea. Uh, it really, this has been fun. It's been relaxed. It's been heated. Literally, I'm sweating now. It's very hot in here. Uh, <laughs> but no, this is, y'all got something cool going. This is a very fun vibe. And I like your dynamic with each other. You don't always exactly agree. You give each other enough, <laughs> you know, ish. Like, and you made me feel welcome uh, and still did your thing. So thank you for inviting me to the group chat. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you for joining. Where else Welcome can people anytime. find you? What should they tweet you? The newsletter, all those things. Yeah, com. If people remember how to go to websites not owned by uh, Jeff Bezos and Mark Zuckerberg, <laughs> then you can do that. Just give the traffic directly to me. Imagine that. Um, and then I'm at Baratunde on all the socials, all the social places. So whatever's easiest for you. You can find me there. Just plug my name in. B-A-R-A-T-U-N-D-E. Perfection. What would you do? So what would you do this week? Um, wow, I literally just had it up. Um, okay. Literally. Dear BGT, I've been single for about three years. I'm living my best life. Dating, really getting to know myself. Um, I do want to be in a relationship soon, but that's not my question. My question has to do with the fact that my ex keeps hitting me up all of a sudden. I'm not mm. sure if Mercury's retrograding again or what's it's going not. on, but he keeps sending me videos and voice notes, and I keep just ignoring them. Any advice? Block. block. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, block you got to block nigga. that nigga. Yeah. <laughs> He needs to be blocked. You gotta block him. Yeah, I, I think that, like, if you all had a relationship and, you know, it was an open thing where you all were still communicating and so those videos didn't seem, or messages, whatever he's sending, didn't seem super random, that'd be one thing. But for this person to do this, if you've already expressed a boundary of, like, I'm good on you, then that's not okay and they just need to get blocked. Blocked and blessed. Yeah, it seems it's like manipulative. Yeah, I'm like, is he is he well? I had a friend like very manipulative. But the thing is, you can't think about it, right? If he's well, you just got to be realizing that like he's just simply wiling, and you don't want that energy around you. And if he's not gonna go away, block him, block his ass, block. Yeah, block that nigga, block him. (laughs) That's all right. Um, as (laughs) as usual, um. Uh, follow us on Black Girl Sexing. Rate, comment, subscribe. Yes. Seriously, it mean, it like actually matters if you rate, comment, subscribe, slash share. Um, it really helps with like the numbers situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and also we have some merch. You know, fall Black winter twenty. <laughs> it's very much fall forward, but you know, I'm working on getting us some some you know transitional style. So let me know what you want to see. Yes, what kind of merch would you like to wear from the girls? Yes. Bye. We love you. Bye. Kisses. Bye. Thanks again for listening to Black Girls Texting. Make sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you listen and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Oh, and don't forget to text every group chat you're in and tell them to check us out. Follow your girls at Black Girls Texting and we'll see you next week. Bye.